This is the Wealth and Law Podcast, a podcast about the intersection of personal wealth and the legal landscape. We'll take a deep dive into relevant topics. We'll basically teach you what we know, and we'll engage with guests with deep expertise in their field. We hope that you'll enjoy this episode and many more episodes. So please join us on this journey as we try to bring you relevant information that is both timely and important for you to know in order to engage in this area of the world. Welcome to the Wealth and Law Podcast. I am Brent Nelson, and there are many special industries in the world that require very special people for those industries. One of them are sex workers, and somebody who knows a lot about that and financial advising for these folks is Jessica Gettle. Jessica, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Brent. The the expert on this topic. I can't imagine there's like a whole huge horde of professionals who focus in on this clientele. Not, not that many. No, there no. a couple, though. <laughs> yeah. How did you get to where this was an area of expertise for you? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I'll just apologize to anybody listening. I'm in the middle of getting over some COVID. So if I sound like I've got a, you know, 30 pack a day habit right now, um, that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've kicked it, kicked that habit, but no, it's just, um, still a little scratchy. So, um, but yeah, no, I got into, um, this niche. Um, I had worked at a prior firm and, um, I had a client and her, main form of income was through OnlyFans and you know, she's making pretty good money um, for all, you know, I mean, $150,000 a year, give or take. And it was a really fun relationship. Um, I had to think a little bit differently um, about you know, some of the planning uh, issues that she might have. And at the time, I was also very, very unhappy in my job. <laughs> I didn't like where I was working. And I had been thinking about launching my own firm at that point. And so I, I one day I just thought, I'm like, wow, you know, this would be a really great niche to focus on. Um, and so I went for it. Uh, I ultimately launched uh, maybe six months later or so. Um, and I actually have two niches that I focus on. Um, you know, the, the sex workers is the one that everybody likes to talk about. Um, but I also work with tech workers. And yeah, so um, it's it's a pretty fun job. <laughs> That's an interesting mix of focuses, I'd say. I guess they're both tech workers in a sense. Yeah, I, you know, I, I long since gave up on feeling bad that there's really no correlation between those two nations. <laughs> I ultimately just did both because, you know, I was worried about sex work, you know, um, breaking into that group and, and having, you know, a, a trustworthy presence, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, should be an insular group of people, you know, they shouldn't be um, talking to everybody that they meet, right? Um, they should be a lot more cautious. And so, um, you know, to, to kind of pay my bills while I built that up, um, I went with the, the people that I know very well, which are tech workers and their equity compensation packages. So, um, you know, I think the, the the common delineator is they both work hard, right? Like, and, you know, that's, that's a lot of people work hard. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's whatever. It, it's fun, though. Keeps me on my toes. Well, maybe uh, let's start with the perhaps more objective side, and then we can talk about more of the subjective side. So maybe give us a little bit of a, a preview or at least a high-level summary of the economics for those kinds of clients, the sex worker clients, uh, just to 
paint the picture or set up the framework for then how you do the financial advising work on top of that. Yeah. So um, in that group in particular, so most of my clients are content creators um, and you know, I have a couple other clients that aren't content creators, you know, um, but my main focus is really, you know, uh, people making their income online. Um, and so what ends up often happening is somebody comes to me, they've, you know, they're tipping over $100,000 of revenue in a year. Um, but, you know, that's probably something they've just recently picked up within the past, you know, I'd say 12 to 18 months. And uh, their their biggest stressor is taxes. <laughs> uh, almost always they don't realize they need to make estimated payments. And so they go to file their taxes and they owe a ton of money and they don't have that money set aside. Uh, so that's the biggest driver when they come come to me. And so I spent a lot of time trying to get caught up on prior year tax information as well as current year um, and then starting to kind of work our way up um, the, the financial planning ladder, uh, just like any other client at that point. But I'd say that we're, you know, I guess most financial planning clients out there probably, you know, aren't so behind on their taxes because they're getting taxes withheld from their paychecks. Um, this is a, you know, a, a big pain point for people. <laughs> yeah, I industry. can imagine. Yeah, I imagine yeah. so. So yeah. it does sound like a lot of uh, coaching people on, in essence, self-employment tax and mm-hmm. how to handle those issues. Yeah. So a lot of um, some of the, the content that I generate is making just driving awareness on that, because I'd much rather start with somebody that, you know, has already taken care of their taxes. And we can focus more on the the you know true financial planning. I mean, not that taxes aren't true financial planning, but really getting to the, the meaty stuff, right? Like you know, building wealth and all that good stuff with your money um, instead of the depressing thing, which is giving the IRS more money. Um, but yeah, so just educating um, on, hey, you need to make sure you're saving some money aside, making sure we're putting, you know, enough based on safe harbor estimates, talking through what that means, and also just kind of getting into the nitty gritty on what's deductible and what's not. Um, I have a lot of clients um, have, you know, it's a lot of people are getting their tax advice from TikTok and things like that. So, you know, having explained, hey, like not everything is deductible. We need to be thoughtful and cautious about um, <laughs> the different deductions that you're taking and, uh, you know, also finding things that you aren't deducting. Um, that happens a lot, too. Right. So taxes is definitely a bulk of my time. I can imagine. And and if they're getting their advice on TikTok, I mean, that's a great place for tax advice generally. Not necessarily good tax <laughs> advice, but there's a lot of advice. The the other thing I imagine is true is that, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I imagine it's true that many of them are in need of some advice on cash flow management because it mm-hmm. seems like an industry where the cash flow ends could be inconsistent. Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, um, so then once we've kind of dealt with the taxes, it's then making sure that you have enough money set aside for months where your income streams are going to be down. Um, one of the things that sex workers do really, really well is diversification. Um, it, being an online content creator there, you're really subject to the whims of platforms, right? So, um, you know, you could get uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars on TikTok and Instagram, and then the next day your account is gone, right? So it's not even an effort thing where, like, you're working hard and, you know, uh, 
being able to keep your income consistent because you're working hard. It's just literally like their factors completely out of your control. So I work with my clients, you know, um, they do the diversification part. We talk through that stuff. But, you know, my goal is like, OK, well, let's make sure that we've got enough of um emergency savings more than I would normally recommend for clients in case, you know, things like that happen that are catastrophic. So um, it's kind of a multi-stage process. Um, but, you know, I definitely we want to make sure that they've got enough income for those down downswings. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and it it probably like you're saying, it probably is something where they they have a higher risk factor because they're they're income is so tied to the platforms and algorithms that mm-hmm. those things can change and then it affects the income substantially and it's completely out of their hands it has nothing to do with you know the quality of effort that they're putting into their their business right and right now we're seeing a lot of transition because the two of the platforms uh, social media platforms that are have historically been friendly to sex work twitter and reddit um are going through some you know, tumultuous changes you know twitter obviously is now and um which you know is this whole thing entirely but um you know people are leaving that platform uh, so that's you know affecting people's incomes and then reddit has had some uh, big changes with moderation and what they're allowing um and so that's also hurt a lot of people um so you know if you try to lean on other platforms you might get some help but you know, i've had people again you know lose large platforms overnight on TikTok, Instagram, uh, other places like that. So it's tough. Yeah, I can imagine. And it it strikes me as somewhat analogous, although not perfectly, but somewhat analogous to someone who's a professional athlete, where at least in that industry, the real money-making years are going to be earlier years of your life and maybe not the later years of your life, and you have to plan accordingly. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've had a lot of people bring that up, and I've talked to my clients about that just to kind of get their perspective on it. And the general consensus is, like, you know, everybody's a little bit different. You know, there are plenty of older women making, and men for that matter, um, making plenty of money on OnlyFans. (laughs) You know, so age isn't necessarily the limiting factor. Um, You know, people leave industries all the time, um, you know, for various reasons. And I think that the, the biggest correlation is that it's just potentially very, very high income. And, and, um, you know, so making sure that we're harnessing that appropriately, you know, uh, enjoying the money that you're earning, right? Like, I'm definitely not going to knock spending a good chunk of change if if you're bringing in that much money. But also, hey, like, let's use some of this to further, you know, potential changes in your your industry or just life changes over the next, you know, 5, 10, 15 plus years. Right. So what are some of the typical planning structures then that you use for those clients to, you know, help them plan for the future? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's just, once we get off the tax stuff, it's really not all that different from, you know, my my other clients um, in the tech field. You know, we build the emergency savings fund. Mm-hmm. We review your cash flow, making sure that we're saving in you know various different um, types of investment accounts. So whether that's a solo 401k, a SEP, um, Roth IRAs, usually my clients are at that point where they're AGI'd out of that, but you may be doing backdoor Roth IRA strategies, um, starting to run some cash flow analyses for a long term, um, you know, and figuring out, hey, like, how much can this money, like, if we put X number of side, 
you know, what are your future goals? How can that money fund those future goals? So um, it's not just the long term stuff, but also the, you know, the short and medium term. Sure. Um, so, you know, I have clients that, you know, they they have a, a plan to get out of the industry. Um, so I'm just kind of want to roll with it for a while, see what happens. And so, you know, we try to build in flexibility if they're not sure. Um, just kind of build a traditional financial plan at that point. <laughs> Yeah, it's a traditional financial plan on top of a non-traditional income source. Or maybe it's the most traditional income source. It depends on the way you see it. <laughs> there is a, one of the older professions, that's what they say anyway. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I think the, the other thing that we spend a lot of time talking about, um, and one thing that is important to me is uh, the banking discrimination that comes along with sex work. So that's probably, probably one um real differentiator between sex work and, you know, uh, not sex work, right? Um, again, we're talking about a legal industry, and so a lot of my clients have had issues with being debanked. And so we spend a lot of time making sure that we're building systems so that if that does happen to them, uh, it's not a massive disrupt- disruption to their business, because um, if anybody's even tried to willingly move their bank, <laughs> can attest to the fact that that's a huge pain and nobody wants to do it. So, Right. What are some of the other uh, special issues that they face that I somewhat probably clumsily framed here as more subjective issues and not the objective money side? But, uh, but you know, you're, you're mentioning banking access. Obviously, that is dependent a little bit on the policies of the bank mm-hmm. uh, and not purely dollars and cents. But what are some of the other issues? Yeah, I think um I think about that. Like I said, banking discrimination is one that that most people don't think about because we all are, you know, pretty used to having access to banks and not that's just not a concern. Um, you know, and you know, it's a similar uh concept, but you know, that third-party payment processors is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's just really I spend a lot of time talking to my clients about business strategy. Um, I'm not a business coach. I tell that to my clients all the time, but, you know, they'll run by me different ideas that they're thinking about. Um, you know, uh, I've had a lot of people that I've been working with recently looking to get like help within their business. And so um, different ways to drive revenue, hiring people um, and, you know, um, so just some of the 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 broader idea, I think, is <laughs> uh, normal, you know, uh, similar to other small businesses, but then kind of the sure. actual strategy is a, a lot different. So talking about like, oh, we're going to onboard, um, you know, somebody that does sexting for you, right? Like that, that's, we've got a couple people doing that right now. And um, it's been a huge, huge increase to their business and talking about, you know, um, how that might get structured and how do we utilize, um, you know, the contractor for that, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, um, or, you know, trying out different uh, pay, uh platforms uh and because OnlyFans is the biggest one out there uh but they take a huge chunk of your earnings so um drifting into other uh different platforms to see what's out there um so we spend a lot of time you know kind of kicking the tires and and I walk them through uh, the, the same things that I would walk through any business owner you know what do you what do you think you're going to get out of this um and help them you know feel confident about that business decision that they're making right you mentioned that they uh, maybe tend to be a little bit insular and reticent to share with anybody. How, how much of that trust factor is 
is the way that you've built this practice and and how do you how do you build that trust within that industry that's a good question um you know i spent a lot of time just listening early on um kind of following different people on twitter and and you know reddit and stuff like that just seeing what kind of issues they were having um and you know not coming to tell people what to do right um i i really try to be a listener i'm not always the best at it <laughs> um but it's it's I, I'm not, this isn't my job, right? Like I don't, I don't do this for a living. Same thing with again all my other clients. Like I, I, I can't predict your problems, right? I, you have to tell me what's going on. And so, um, I, I just listened. And so, um, when I started seeing reoccurring things that people were running across, talking more about them, um, you know, writing blog posts. And now I'm at that point where, you know, um, People know me. They 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 share my information with their friends, and you know they can say like, oh, I trust Jessica with this information, and they know that I don't repeat things. Um, and so it's just taken that time and effort right. listening mm-hmm. to build that. Yeah, it sounds like you you come at it in a very non judgmental way. You know, uh, a, a way that doesn't sort of layer on any sort of preconceived notions about the industry and you just listen. Yeah. It's, you know, I, like, I mean, we all have judgments, right? Like I, I sure. sex work is something that I do think should be decriminalized. Like I don't judge people in that industry. I work actively in the rest of my life to try to suspend judgment where I can, um, mm-hmm. as you know, for anybody is always a process. Um, but it's something that is very important to me. Um, but I also, again, I really believe that this is an industry that should not be discriminated against, right? This is something that should be decriminalized. Um, and then specifically sex work as a whole, right? The clients, um, these content creators, that is legal work just to, to make that clear. Um, and so, you know, I, I put my money where I'm at mouth is right you know I, I spend time um again sharing my knowledge where it's helpful for people making that accessible to them i have my own page on only fans um where i share you know tax tips and financial information that's free um you know i have done uh advocacy for banking discrimination right um in the adult industry um again these are things that issues that i do care about so um i walk the walk and talk the talk yeah I imagine there's a few disappointed people when they land on your OnlyFans uh, page <laughs> and they find tax information. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that was something I started a couple months ago. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a bit more consistent about what I post because, you know, it's a just like many other platforms. It's a very video based platform. And I hate I hate doing video. I hate it. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to get better at um, doing that type of content. But, um, yeah, you go to my page and it's and there's there's nothing sexy about it unless you think, you know, estimated payments are sexy. I, I don't know. You might be a little sick at that point. Um, there's a little judgment there and I'm OK with it. But, um, you know, um, it's what weird thing about OnlyFans is that, like, you can't go on OnlyFans and, like, search something. Right. Like somebody has to be very intentional about they're going to your page. Um, so I don't usually get kind of random people showing up, but, um, there are a lot of people also spam on that platform. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting, um, <laughs> problem that I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to get into with that. It's, it's just been interesting. I'll say that sure. much. Sure. 
Well, if nothing else, it probably gives you at least a little glimpse into the day-to-day dealings of your clients and how how they're having to interact with the, that platform and the issues that they probably run into. Yeah, I, and that was a big reason why I did it. I wanted to get like a feel for it and, you know, like had to, um, anybody who signs up on there has to show their driver's license and you have to give all of your like actual information. And I, you know, I had like, I think four different times submitted my driver's license, like, cause they have you like take picture and you have to hold it and they just weren't happy every time they kept getting rejected. I'm like, this is super annoying. <laughs> Right. Um, but being able to like know, hey, like if we need to pull a 1099 NEC form, right? Like we I know where to get that information and just how does the platform function? And um, so that's been helpful. Um, it's been like I said, it's been interesting. Yeah, it sounds like it. And it's it's a, uh, I mean that element of that industry, say the the only OnlyFans element of that industry, it's really quite new. I mean, it's not a platform that's existed for an extremely long period of time. So I'm sure there's a lot to learn. And I'm sure your clients are they're learning a lot along the way because there's not a huge history to rely on on how these things work and how the platform works and how the changes are going to affect you. You're just sort of you're just going along uh, one day at a time, I'm, I'm imagining. Yeah, I mean, you know, I also just try to stay up to date on because it is the biggest platform understanding like what what some of the caveats are on there. And um, so like there's a whole slew of, I mean, several pages worth of words that if you have that in your direct messages, like you can get banned off of the platform, break you break the terms of service. And so, you know, um, you know, well, especially for somebody that's newer on the platform, we'll talk about like, hey, make sure that you're checking that information. Mm-hmm. Somebody not me, somebody out there maintains a list of that stuff. And because, um, you know, it, even though it's really not my job as a financial planner to like worry about, um, you know, what my con that my clients are messaging, it is at the end of the day, because if they get kicked off the platform, like you can't get back access sure. often if you've broken the terms of service legitimately. And so you've lost your you know, probably your main point of income. So um, it's it is we do a lot of a lot of defensive strategies and, and those types of scenarios. Um, so there's it's a, it's a whole it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, talk to me a little bit about about structuring. Uh, are are you treating them like a lot of self-employed individuals and setting having them set up legal entities and maybe running payroll through those entities. Give us a little bit of a snapshot of that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I have a couple, um, quite a few people that are making at that point where they need to start doing S-Corp elections. So we start to kick the tires on, is this a good strategy or not for you? Um, looking at the tax savings, um, you know, my clients are pretty busy, so we have to talk, weigh, weigh the pros and the cons, right? Like, um, are you going to save enough? We have to think about, you know, QBI potentially sunsetting. Um, so, um, we'll go through that. Um, I don't, I don't prepare S corps. I don't do bookkeeping and stuff. So we outsource a lot of that. Um, you know, I do 1040s and, and things like that. Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll work on those. Um, I'll, uh, I was just thinking about one other weird thing. Oh, with, um, one of the challenges, uh, we've been finding recently with the S corp strategy is we have to be really thoughtful about the state that they're mm-hmm. in. Um, a lot of states are, um, have putting rules in the books. I think New York was the most recent one where anonymous LLCs are not allowed anymore. So, you know, 
that's very important to my clients, right? That that is a safety issue. Um, Having their information out there, their name and their address. Now, generally, it's tougher to tie the business entity, um, you know, with like, you know, their stage name, right? But like, this is something we have to be very cautious about, you know, um, having you know, if we can't use, um, you know, a third party to set up their LLC and have, um, you know, a different address on that uh, a name, it can create, again, safety issues for my clients. Sure. So that's a weird little kink in, kink in the mix here, too. So, um, and even if, you know, uh, their state doesn't do that now, you know, I'm trying to stay up to date and see if there are any more that are potentially thinking about it. Because my clients move, you know, they do stuff. And so I should be thoughtful about that. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll structure S-Corps where it makes sense. Um, you know, I work with my clients, make sure they're making their estimated tax payments, get that stuff done. Um, yeah, all that, all that fun stuff. Yeah, it sounds like pretty normal entrepreneurial uh, structuring is just layered on this very subspecialized uh, industry. But a, a lot, I mean, a lot of the nuts and bolts of the planning actually sounds very familiar, probably to anybody who does work with people in almost any other self-employed industry. Yeah, I think I've just found, um, you know, I've been doing this for a long time or financial planning for a long time, right? And, you know, have my default responses to things like, oh, just do this, just do that. And with this industry, I I do have to be a little slower in those, you know, kind of tried and true responses because they're, you know, there are differences and there are things that I need to be aware of um, and things that, you know, um, I'm still learning. Right. Like, (laughs) you know, we'll talk through whenever I give a client a recommendation, I I talk through what I'm thinking about. And then, you know, sometimes I'll be like, hey, what about, you know, I'm worried about this particular thing. Is that going to be something that's an issue? And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we need to think about that. All right. Let me let me do some research. Um, So it's that part of the job is is pretty interesting. I have to really keep on my toes. Yeah, you got to do bespoke, personalized planning, yeah. Jessica. Yeah, like I'm sure that's pretty similar with a lot of you know other you know types of small businesses. But I, I think I'm constantly surprised on you know how similar yet very very different uh, sex work is, uh, and some of the things I got to I have to be on the lookout for. Yeah, sure, of course. It's it's easy to speak in generalities, but the devil really is in the details and planning for most clients, I would say. I think it's it's fair to say there aren't one size fits all plans. Yeah, um, true. But Jessica, I really appreciate the, the time in this conversation. Very interesting. If people are trying to reach you, uh, where do they reach you? Yeah, so the best place to find me is on my website. Uh, that's www.pavilionfp.com. So pavilion with one L, uh, FP for financial planning.com. You can also find me on the Twitter. Um, but good luck spelling my last name. It's, it's a pretty brutal one. Um, I believe if you search OnlyFans financial planner, I will come up probably on that, <laughs> on that list too. If you can't, if either of those. The things only one. <laughs> Um, I think there probably a couple of people do come up, but I think I'm on the top of that list. At least I was. So, um, but yeah, that's, those are the best ways to, to find me. Um, and yeah, I love talking to people. Yeah. So come find and me. And you, and you have your own podcast. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So we have, um, me and my friend Dan Yerger, we do the Fleece Fest podcast, which is, um, the, how do we phrase it? The dumbest ideas in finance. <laughs> 
I think we just got sick of complaining to each other on Twitter. So now we just have a podcast where we just complain about stuff. So <laughs> makes sense to me. I think it's, I think it's very well done. I think you guys uh, have good content on there. So I recommend people check out the podcast. Of course, I'll include all the contact in the show notes too. So hopefully everybody will have an easy place to, to find you if they need to reach out to you. Jessica, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Hey, listeners, thanks again for joining me on the podcast. It's fun to do it for you. If you're enjoying it, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to my blog at wealthandlaw.com and follow me on social media at wealthandlaw. I'll see you there.